Ciao, and welcome to the Gratefully Yours Wine Podcast, coming to you from our beautiful headquarters in downtown Lowell at uh, the InsideLowell.com studios. Uh, today we have a very special guest on our show. Uh, is it another VIP guest? I would say it's a VIP guest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm talking to my co-host, the wine butler, Mike Pigeon, who's situated right in the corner. Like every wine butler, he has to go get the wine, the glasses, check everything out. And um, But our special guest today is uh, Scott Plath, uh, who, with his uh, wonderful wife, Kathy Plath, who serves with me as a trustee at Middlesex Community College, um, uh, co-own three restaurants uh, in the area. They've been great uh, uh, community organizers, do a lot of events, uh, charity, but uh the great thing is you know they're part of the community they they've uh, stuck it out and they've done some great things they own uh, cobblestones in downtown lowell moonstones in um, in chelmsford and then their newest venture is uh social stones in uh, nashua new hampshire and what makes all these places uh, so valuable, and I and I believe is because they're unique. They're unique to their audiences. They have unique uh, menus, and um, that's one of the things I want to talk to Scott about because uh, he's been a, a great restaurateur. He he. Um, tracks trends and he's usually ahead of the curve and it's been some challenging times these last couple of years through covid and uh scott how do you do it i mean you've always coming up when most restaurants were reducing you went ahead and, and started this venture in nashua social stones which is a little different from your other restaurants and yeah. stuff and you pushed ahead and well, I'll tell you. It's, first, it's Stone Social, but oh, I'm put, sorry, Stone Social. Okay we had to get because, a stone in it. Well, lots social. of people, uh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't anticipate that that would be confusing, but it is. Con it confuses a lot of folks. <laughs> so people say to me all the time, "I'll meet you at Stones." I'm like, which one? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. like so. Yeah, so Stone Social, Stone Social, and um, yeah, the concept was derived prior to the pandemic. Uh, and we created it for uh, the direction that we uh, saw at the food service business going um, a little quicker, a little more casual, uh, less labor. Um, so we had a lot of great ideas pre-pandemic. And although I appreciate the credit of opening in the middle of pandemic, that was not the plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually signed the lease and were, um, were legally obligated to move forward um, <laughs> just within a couple months of the pandemic. So we had already taken out a loan, spent a lot of money, created mm -hmm. this concept and, and had uh, no real option but to move forward. So we moved forward small. Uh, we've spent the last two and a half years playing small ball, I like to say and um you know less is more and then we rebuild carefully uh slowly and carefully within what we believe we can um handle without compromising quality uh without compromising the mentality of the team um and keeping people working and making money but just on a smaller scale mm. than than pre-pandemic when we were you know we were balls to the wall can i can i say that 
Yes, you can say it. Sure. Well, We're not censored by uh, Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Elon Musk or anybody. Yeah, so. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, but, but getting back to my point, I mean, each one of your restaurants is unique mm. in, in itself. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little about that, how you devise that? I mean, uh, uh, Cobblestones has a different menu, different mm. makeup than Moonstones. I mean, it's the great, it's still the same hospitality and dedication. But I'm saying, sure. so, so what was the, it's, it's, a, it's a chain within a chain, I like to say, your hospitality group. You've got your own hospitality group. Right, correct. Yes. So, um, well, Cobblestones. Moonstones, uh, you, you know, Moonstones, uh, and I'll, I'll digress and, and return. Moonstones is more of my style of, of restaurant. Um, I grew up in New York in a very culturally diverse area. I grew up eating a lot of different styles of food. Um, uh, and, and so that's what I grew up loving. But when we were looking for a place to open our first restaurant back in 92, 93, um, we uh, happened across the, the old Dutton Street Grill thanks to my father-in-law who worked at City Hall at the time. And we were looking for a small cafe um, catering operation because we were already catering and we were becoming too big to do it out of our houses. So we're looking for a small location and all of a sudden there was this 12,000 square foot historic building available and the owner was tired of managing it and owning it. So it was really timing, you know, uh, and and we talked a lot about what would be right there. And it was just the building mm -hmm. um, lends itself to more of an American style fair um, and the whole historic nature of the city. Um, so I think Cobblestone and Lowell at the time had very little. You know, it was inspired mm -hmm. mostly by the fact that Kathy and I would go out on Friday night and wouldn't know where to go to get a fresh hamburger and beer in a green bottle. Um, so, you know, so you'd have to go to Nashua or to Boston. So like, let's be that for ourselves actually. Um, and it must mean that there are people in the community who feel the same way. So what year was that when you started? It was 94. We opened June 94, of 94. Okay. Yeah. So I came to Lowell in 89. Yeah. Yeah. So 28 and a half years we've been there and we've gone through a number of iterations. Uh, when we opened Lowell was it's very yeah. funny. I came from that that uh, that that place in New York, and Lowell was not that. Even though it was an immigrant city, uh, so many years ago, uh, the immigrants in the city uh, hadn't ascended uh, to mm -hmm. to the economic position that you know continues to improve over time for for all people, uh, I suppose. And so we wanted to create some of that um, cultural. Um, opportunity in our restaurant you know and uh, and other than greek and irish uh maybe some portuguese there was very little diversity in the dining uh the dining of lowell lowell was diners yeah. and, and 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 taverns mostly so but then as the time went on and all of these beautiful you know vietnamese came southeast asian and um and and, and portuguese and mexican and ramen and as the mm -hmm. community yeah. Uh, uh, grew in that manner, we just circled back to what we were really intended to be, uh, which is that steak and seafood style restaurant with a tavern and, and just be, you know, proud to be, you know, American centric fare, whatever that really mm. means, um, and a place to celebrate and to do groups and rehearsal dinners and so on and so forth. So then 10 years later, I started getting restless and, uh, and we were now in our, um, you know, forties. Uh, uh, we, I opened Cobblestones when I was 30. So now we were in our 40s and we were looking for something different personally. We were going to Boston mm -hmm. and, and Somerville and, um, and Ming Tsai had blue ginger. 
and was showing that you could do more of a, a metropolitan dining um, environment in the suburbs. Uh, and so we loved that idea. So I circled all the way back to my uh, culinary roots and uh, wanted to, and you know, I don't make anything easy, Jim. Um, <laughs> it, uh, my, my wife says I make things difficult just so I can solve the problem. Um, so we, <laughs> couldn't, like we couldn't just be diverse. We had to be tapas and we yeah. had to be global tapas. We couldn't be Spanish or Mediterranean. We had, it had to be global. So, uh, so we created this menu that was influenced by all different types of cuisines but um, with a focus on uh, great cocktails and a cool lounge where 40-somethings for, you know, for, um, after work would go and, and, and meet and greet and sip and, and, uh, and, and be it more dynamic than the steak seafood, more, um, more conservative environment. Yeah. Um, There's a different feel at Moonstones. The decor is sure, different, and, sure. and uh, um, it's 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 got that uh, you know after work professional feeling right. almost sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. know, you can you can wind down. I mean, uh, and and I I think the the raw bar was a big something different that yeah. you had not seen. You know, in, in any close by area restaurants. That's and, right, and. Um, uh, so, ahead of the, as you said, ahead of the curve. Um, uh, yeah. And I think quite often I'm a little too far ahead of the curve. Um, it, it, I love telling the story that on our first menu of cobblestones, we put hummus on there because I found it <laughs> in a restaurant in New York City where hummus was yeah. nowhere to be found. And I took it off the menu because no one bought it. And a couple of years later, I put it back on the menu and I took it off the menu again. And now there's more hummus than there are chips, you know, flavor, flavors of mm. hummus. You know, they're stacked in the supermarket, but no one knew what this was in 94. Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, you 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 do try different things, and um, and, and you know you're 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 able to decipher from your from your customers. Uh, I think you stay attached to them very well because sure. you you don't a, a good restaurateur. I think has to know when to pull something, right? You know, if it's not working, and then when to go forward with mm -hmm. something new. And you've always taken those uh, risks, I think. And, well, and you know, I, I, you love to take the risks, and sometimes they hit, and sometimes they fall flat on their face. We did Wild Game uh, back in the day, and, and I love telling this, <laughs> this story, uh, because someone would say, you know, someone would say at work the next day, oh, my God, they were serving fried alligator at Cobblestones last night. And then the person would say, oh, oh, my God, how was that? And they're like, oh. I'm not eating fried alligator. I had the steak tips. They were delicious. So it created conversation. It was more of a marketing ploy, I would say, you know, get people talking about the restaurant, but also do unique things, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you have to give your guests what your guests want, and they tell you. Um, and and we reach different demographics, for sure. You know, these days, anyone who owns a restaurant, Teddy will tell you, you have to have more vegetarian op options, and you have to have, oh my God, everything has to be gluten-free, because so many people have an intolerance. Um, and th there's nothing wrong with that. It just yeah. makes our job yeah. a little bit more challenging, and, and we have to remain flexible. But you'll love this story um i was so offended uh back in 94 95 96 when our top selling wine was white's infantile oh, you know yeah, i was a 30 year yeah. old snob well, you know you know yeah. and i'm like white's infantile where am i why aren't people drinking the napa cab you know and mm -hmm. uh and i read an article uh written by three very successful restaurateurs all all contributed to this article together and it was an interview and one of them said, get over yourself. Mm. Um, like, you can drink your Napa Cab when you're out to dinner, uh, but give your customers what they want. Uh, like, <laughs> if they're coming in for White's Infant, they'll sell it by the gallon, you know? And uh, and I remember that hitting me right across the face. I'm like, oh, my God, that's such yeah. a no-brainer. Uh, right. 
get over it. So, so we sell a lot of hummus now. Yeah, uh, it, took, it took three tries. But. Well, the the interesting thing is, uh, you, know, you can go online and, and look at uh, the different menus uh, at Cobblestones, uh, Moonstones, and uh, Stone Social. Social Stone Social. Social. Which, by the way, the third restaurant was created with our children in yeah, mind. Yeah, the first yeah, two were about us. Wine on that menu. Uh, not special wine. There's some wine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, uh, you can see that uh, uh, right off the bat. I can see that the wine list, okay, was done with um, with a lot of thought. It was, mm. you know, it's not just you go to some uh, uh, restaurants and okay, you see the Josh there, the sellers, and and so, so, you know some some big uh, brand names that are done in volume and stuff. But uh, Scott's got some interesting wines. Some of the winemakers uh, I've met personally, and they're from uh, they're a little bit. There's some boutique wineries, and then there's some you know family-run wineries. So it shows that there's a there's been some thought and uh, and uh, so that's this is a wine show. And I want to ask how do you how do you select uh, your wines? You, you match them up with the foods you have in your list. So it's it's not a haphazard thing. It's 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 a really interesting so yeah. well you you asked me earlier uh, earlier uh, how you know how we do it and and uh, you know kathy who has taught me so many th things through the years um quoted many years ago that you know the key to success is surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you are um <laughs> and uh, and so uh, again uh, in, in inspirational words that that you know i i I try to live by and did you ever think uh, of politics uh, no <laughs> i could never pass the test <laughs> uh yeah yeah no um so, so surrounding is yeah. so yeah so we had a director of operations that we hired post pandemic we had a great director of operations who got us to stone social and he was going to be a partner um and then you know COVID changed everything so we hired this fellow um who uh one of his many strengths was uh, he was a sommelier um so he had great wine knowledge and you know during the pandemic every everything was reduced to you know the bare minimum so we had very small wine selections we cleared out our sellers because we needed that money in the bank to pay the bills um and then like like everything staffing as well as wine we built back you know one person and one bottle as a time at a time and this fellow uh, peter um uh, um uh, Meringue, who's now in D.C., mm. he only made it four months, but um, for reasons that aren't important to the show, um, he uh, he we asked our our wine sellers to put together a menu. Um, the people who provide us with wine and and they wrote a menu, but the menu was very similar to what you were saying. Because they are pressured by the huge yeah, wineries and the mass producers to get those wines on lists. And I've never wanted that. I've always mm -hmm. wanted to find things that were a little more esoteric and you don't see mm -hmm. in displays, floor displays in the in the liquor shops. Um, so he took that and he said, no, no, no. And he presented a whole different list within 24 hours. He's like, these are going to be some great winemakers and great wines for the money um so yeah. so uh, and he did a beautiful job and people rave about our wines it's not a big list anymore 
but mm-hmm. you know, less is more. Again, quality over over quantity. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, you know. You, you okay? Some of these uh, uh, you know uh, big Boston restaurants is a Capital Grill. Okay, they, they can afford mm-hmm. uh, to have this huge wine cell and put everything on the list. But the question is, is it going to really help your dining experience? You know, uh, uh, paying an exorbitant fee. I mean, some people do it. I mean, I've done it myself for special occasions. But what struck me uh, really. Uh, uh, it, it, really, I was I was very impressed because uh, uh, Scott has I brought in this Chelsea uh, Chelsea Merlot. He he's got one of my favorite winemakers, Nick Goldschmidt, who uh, who I've met several times at the Wine Connection. And and uh, Scott has two of his labels, the Fidelity Zinfandel from California, which is which is outstanding, but the Chelsea Merlot. Uh, Nick Goldschmidt's. This is from Alexander Valley. I mean, Merlot is such a great grape, and um, and Scott has it on his uh, his wine. This is one of my favorites. Uh, Nick Goldschmidt uh, uh, is a wine consultant throughout the world. He and his uh, wife uh, Yolna uh, uh, have their own winery, and they own two vineyards in um, uh, right outside of Napa Valley. The, the winery is in Healdsburg. But um, he's named three wines after his daughters, Chelsea, uh, Catherine, and Hillary, two of Cabernets. But this, this uh, Merlot, the, the, uh, the bottle sells for, um, at, at the winery, they sell it for $25 a bottle. I bought this at the Wine Connection for 16 bucks. okay? And this is the 2020. So it's a fantastic wine. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the, the, uh, the blend, I mean, the, the Fidelity Zinfandel is, is fantastic, I too. Love, I love that and, one. And Zinfandel at one time was California's number one grape. It's starting to make a little comeback. Naturally, Cabernet is now the, 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 the key. But if, if you really want to taste uh, two distinctive wines that are done in, uh, in um, a really traditional way, and that's what Nick Nick does, He's made, he, he says that he made this wine with his daughter, who's 29 years old, and he tried to capture the essence of making a Cabernet he did this Cabernet style, which means he wanted that big fruity flavor, but he wanted it elegant. Mm-hmm. And, and most Merlots are very nice, soft, uh, uh, fruity and stuff. So I want to I want to taste this a little with uh, with Scott. But uh, what would you what would you pair this with? You think you've got great burgers and uh, on your on your. Uh, yeah, I think that's the uh, steaks. I, I would leave that to you uh, more than myself, but sure, the burger comes c- quickly to mind for a Merlot. Uh, mm, and, and you know the fragrance of it. I mean, Merlot is is still the most widely planted uh, grape in the world. It goes in all the Bordeaux blends, okay, and it's making a big comeback. Uh, throughout the world. Italy now is producing some great uh, uh, Merlots. Uh, of course, because Merlot goes into the, the, the great super Tuscan wines. Yeah, yeah. You know? So... Uh, well, uh, I read just recently that the value of Merlot is so high because the market uh, dropped so so hugely a few years back. So that, that there's great value to be found yes, in Merlot. Yes, yeah, good. And, um, I mean, the, the wine is not over-oaked, but it's got that nice... Um, it does have a creamy texture, uh, a little uh, great uh, fruity uh, uh, cherry, but it's got a little vanilla, mm-hmm. like that oak, that that oak taste. But it's not overpowering. It's just uh, in layers. It just. And how do you think he went about um, trying to mirror more of a Cabernet complexity? 
Well, it says in there, uh, okay, in, in California, you know, the, the grapes uh, ripen, but this is a cool, uh, the vineyard here, uh, Gold Rise Vineyard, where this comes from, uh, is a guidepost. What is it? It's the um, uh, Guidestone, Guidestone Rise Vineyard. I was reading about it. It's in a cool climate place. Mm -hmm. So what happens is they can let those grapes mature steadily mm -hmm. on their own. So all the phenols, they don't have to. They don't have to pick them in August because the sun gets too hot, and and then the the sugar content goes so high, then the alcohol level explodes. Right. So 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 he can mature these grapes, and and, and Nick is great about uh, hand selecting his grapes, uh, even at his his entry level bottles. Okay, which this is one of those you know ent entry level twenty. He's got you know he's got high end bottles too, and. Uh, He's a he's a winemaker who who uh, produces only so much in its quality because they just like you do your your food and stuff you want customers to come back if the if the consistency is different from year to year people aren't going to come back sure. right well that's the key consistency so that's his key. key he wants yep. this taste what you're tasting in 2019 he yeah. wants you to taste it again in 2020 yeah, yeah. that's so, delicious well, yeah. Patrick will be very uh, honored when I tell him that. He, you are, are, are uh, oh, I'd, sending I'd, accolades his and, way. Uh, yeah. uh, matter of fact, I just sent a, a case of Nick's wine down to Florida. So I'll be going down to Florida for, for a month. And um, and uh, we always uh, we always send down some whites. He's got a great Chardonnay, singing, uh, 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 singing tree Chardonnay. All right. Uh, of course, the price has exploded like everything else. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. You know, so but, you think we should put the blend on on the menu, maybe? I think the blend. Uh, the, I love the Zinfandel. Most people don't understand the the yeah. great taste and the history Zinfandel has in this country. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, but the blend is a good one because I think more and more people are trying the blends. They they're, they're cheaper because the it, the Cabernet prices are going up. Right, right. So they they blended with uh, with Merlot and 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 it's a reasonably priced, the same price as your yeah. uh, your Fidelity uh, Zinfandel. But but what I want to talk about now is uh, what do you see in the future? What do you what are your plans for anything new for cobblestones, uh, moonstones, and and stone social? Or, or um, you 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 are just going to make things better all the way around, improving the? You know, I told my I told my leadership team at at our last meeting that I wanted to put the word survival behind us, um, and pandemic behind us, and I think that this year. Uh, we're pretty committed to um, continue to build upon the basics that we've been focused so focused on and uh, and, and focus on growth uh, just doing what we're doing a little bit better you know expanding the menus just a little bit more within the confines of the chef's mm -hmm. abilities because they continue to be short-staffed and we need yeah. to keep them intact um, you know just a, a little bit of growth but no just stay the course Jim and be solid and and um, and consistent as you said consistent quality and our reviews right now are off the charts mm -hmm. um, so our sales aren't um, but the people who are coming appreciate what we're doing um, yeah. and so I think that that uh, from day one was the key to just build, you know, build your, your business mm -hmm. around those that, you know, that love what you do and tell, and tell others. Um, well, so. I, 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 I think, uh, uh, the, the great thing about, ex uh, uh, the experience of going out and dining, 
if you go to Cobblestone Moonstones, uh, uh, Scott and his staff always there to, to listen. Even if you look at their website, he explains things right on the website, what's going on in the industry. And he tells you, hey, if there's a little problem, you know, make sure you bring it up because he acknowledges there are, your, your food might come a little, uh, uh, it might take a, be a delay in receiving your food. He yeah. says, you know, everybody's going through these, these challenges and stuff, but he wants the feedback. He says it right on the menu. You don't see that in a whole lot of restaurants. They want feedback, uh, and and Scott is a uh, he's a talker. He's a, he's a great with with people as diners, and uh, he's willing to listen. And uh, you 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 take constructive criticism. Well, you know what? You have to listen, and uh, and not to everybody, <laughs> uh, but you can still be polite and respectful. Yeah. We say on our menu, help, don't yelp. Yeah, uh, yeah, we it. pretend the Yelp doesn't exist because the people who go to Yelp are, are, are far and wide people yeah. who just want to complain uh, mm-hmm. rather than be proactive. And and, uh, and and we want folks to be proactive, mm-hmm. be proactive and part of the solution, you know. Uh, and, yeah, every day is a struggle. We are training new people every single day, but we stick to our mantra of hiring good people and nice people, and then we teach skills. But we just have less people to teach do the teaching, mm-hmm. you know, because we can't afford to have the 11 salaried people that we had pre-pandemic. So now we have six and uh, and we'll just continue to stay the course and, and fight every day to be a little bit better. Uh, that is our mantra. And, and you can't be that without the guests and without yeah. the feedback. So well, thank you for recognizing that. No, Well, Scott, thank you for being a, a guest. And uh, one other thing, if you go to the tavern at the uh, at the Cobblestones, it's a great, uh, it's almost like a his, it is a historic bar. And they do do some of the best cocktails in the city. Uh, they have a great selection of IPA uh, uh, beers. And uh, but my my specialty, look at that wine list and uh, go there. I mean, w- whether it's a burger or a, a, a steak dinner or whatever else they have the menu. I mean, you, chicken you'll, marsala. Chicken this would marsala. go really well with the chicken yeah, marsala. You, you, you've got some great choices there. Yeah. And if you have any doubts, just ask Scott or his staff. And uh, they're knowledgeable about it, and they'll help. They'll help you. So, Scott, thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Jim. It was a pleasure. And, uh, uh, good 2023. Uh, I used to drinking wine in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Cheers. Thank you very much. <laughs> May the wine be with you.